This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Hi everyone, I'm Jane Tara and I'm chatting to authors and experts about their self-help, wellness and personal development books. If you're looking for ways to be happy, be well and be inspired, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Better Reading B. Beck Wilson is one of Australia's authorities on modern retirement. She is the founder and former CEO of Starts at 60, the award-winning number one digital media brand for older Aussies, and Travel at 60, a travel company that's dedicated to over 60s. She has managed an engaged online community of more than a million people in their 60s and beyond, helping them navigate the complexities of modern retirement. Now, She's written a book about it, How to Have an Epic Retirement, the ultimate guidebook for modern retirees. I loved it. I'm so glad that she's here today, Beck Wilson. Welcome to Be Better. Oh, thank you for I'm having so me. I'm so glad to have you on here. I know I know that site actually um, starts at 60. I, I follow it on Facebook. Um, uh-huh. It's a massive, massive, very engaged community and uh yeah, so I've been following that for a few years now. So I uh, was thrilled to see your book hit my desk. Oh, thank you. It was <laughs> ten, 10 years of my life in there and I, I stepped away earlier this year um, to head in this new direction and, and build longer form, more educational style content. And I'm I'm really loving it. It's, mm, it's not, mm. uh, not every day that you get to focus long and hard on writing a guidebook. No, that's right. And it is really a guidebook. Yeah, you know, I was telling you just before we pressed play that I've blinked and I'm somewhere now between empty nesting and retirement. So this book was very timely for me because I am, I'm, I'm looking, I'm planning. I have that extra space in my life to, to plan and to think about where I want to head, you know, in so many different areas and all the new stages of life. Uh, so tell the listeners about your book. Yeah, so it's it's a reflection on all the things you need to know that nobody tells you till you learn it the hard way for preparing for retirement and living that first phase and, and so that you can see it before you get there and know a little bit more about what to expect. Uh, it's almost like what to expect when you're expecting for the pre-retirement and retirement years, I hope. And it, it works you through six pillars of an epic retirement because when you really think about the way we retire, there's a lot of advice or or there has been a lot of advice available for you in the financial field. Mm. But that's even getting quite hard to access now. Increasingly, it's only available to the wealthy. Uh, And you need to know the rules of the systems of retirement and how they work so that you can navigate them yourself these days Mm. and know when to call on expensive advice to help you. Uh, Mm. But it's not just money, right? So much of what we know about life now and what life looks like has changed fundamentally, even in just the last 10 years. Those of us born after 1971 have a 50% chance of living to 100 years old. So, (laughs) Oh, I'm just under, (laughs) damn. (laughs) But if if you look at it pragmatically and say, right, well, I did my calculation in in the, the book process and I predict I will live at least to 97 if I'm lucky, why would I give up work at 60? Why wouldn't I morph myself into a new shape? and find a way to find fulfillment and 
an, an enduring level of epic, right? Finding good things in life to keep fulfilling myself. And yes, it's and a it whole period me. of your life. Like it is, it's, we sort of think about, oh, you know, we're, we're young or we're in family years and work years. And those retirement years are further down the track and, you know, where you're old, right? But it's not like that anymore. It's not. No. And and actually being prepared for it, you talk about these um, these pillars and you have a whole section on money and, and housing and health and all of those things. But there's also like happiness and fulfillment and travel and we have a, good like a massive section of our lives coming up that we need to fill and and make rewarding. I like what you just said before. You said you don't need to be wealthy. And you wrote in the introduction, you actually write this. Before we start, let me make it very clear. An epic retirement is not just for the wealthy. This is a stage that almost every Australian can enjoy if you understand and leverage the systems that support retirement well in advance of needing them. And this is what I like about this book because we all want an enjoyable <laughs> retirement or, or period of our lives, you know. Absolutely. And I think uh, a lot of people and perhaps even people who are listening might be coming up to that period, you know, even in the next decade or whatever, and think, oh, I didn't prepare. I'm not financially ready. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to have an epic retirement. But you are saying you can. I absolutely am saying you can. I think the, the scales of an epic retirement are just different. Mm. Right? Epic epic is brought to you by how you live your life, your attitude to life, your way of pursuing the things that matter to you. You don't have to have a lot of money at all to live an epic retirement. If your attitude is to get out there and participate and be part of a community and belong and be active and enjoy yourself and love your family and be a part of, of things that interest you, you can live an extraordinary life. And if you look after your health, right, you fit in affordable travel. There's so many clever ways to afford travel if you know the rules and tricks, right? Mm. There's ways to get much more bang for your buck in travel. And, and I get, have a whole section on it. You right? have a Having whole section a, on that, which I loved, actually. <laughs> Having run a travel yeah. company, mm. I knew all the tricks, right? And and I think they're things that people should know because if you know them, you travel in shoulder season, look for a last-minute deal, know how the operators clear their inventory. Be cheeky about it. They want to clear their inventory. You want good priced holidays. You can have three holidays for the price of two if you plan well and you're agile and you have a good positive attitude to it. You don't always have to be doing the $50,000 premium holiday and you shouldn't be looking at your neighbours trying to figure out what they're doing. You should be picturing your own epic retirement because I think that's it's individual to every person. That's right. Um, and uh, I think what, what you do here in this book is, you know, you arm us, you arm the reader with so much knowledge that you go, okay, well, all right, I might not be wealthy, but I'm healthy. I can maintain my health. And then these are ways that I can, you know, enjoy life. enjoy life. With the book, you write about five big stages of retirement, mm. pre-euphoria, adjustment, euphoria, post-euphoria and frailty. And I like with pre-euphoria, you say this is the very sexy stage of life in the 10 years leading up to retirement 
where many people are increasingly trying to balance leisure time and work while also being conscious that they want to fund this leisure through working rather than drawing down on the monies that will ultimately fund their retirement years. So this is me. And I like that you call this a sexy stage in life. Thank you very much. Well, I think uh, it's the sexiest, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm I'm heading into this phase and I'm going to commentate it for the next 10 years because it's going to be bloody fun, right? It, it I don't is, think there's actually. been a generation that's had this phase the way we're going to have it. I, right? I would yeah. agree with that. I think somewhere you kind of move into this phase, and I do think that as you move into each stage of your life, there can also be periods of grief around that, oh, particularly absolutely. as your children get older and you're like, oh, who am I now? Not making school lunches. Actually, no, I never grieved that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, one of my sons has moved overseas and the other one is not home much. He's at uni and everything. So there was a period of big, big period of adjustment of me looking at the mm-hmm. dog and going, oh, really? This is this is it. You know, This is it. But yeah. that, that's actually part of the journey because there has to be an ending. And I do have a whole section on transitions. Yes. Where you, you learn that there has to be an ending and you have to accept an ending mm. for there to be a new beginning. So unless you decide then to reframe your attitude and go through a middle zone of researching who you are and what you want to be next, Mm. and defining who you want to be in that next stage of life so that you can put an attitude to it and then put actions to it. You then don't get to the bit where the lights start to come on and the magic starts to happen where you get a new beginning, right? Because Mm. you've done a bit of research and you've found you didn't like that and that didn't work for you. And you find a few dead ends in the middle zone, Mm. but that's how all transitions are done. Divorces, leaving a company, retiring, and it's actually really helpful to apply change management theory mm. to retirement, right? And to pre-retirement and to deciding when you want to put some endings in so that you can have some new beginnings. Because it, it was a very important journey for me to step aside from starts at 60 and be able to develop more content mm. so that I could have some new beginnings in the book and the education that I'm developing around this stage of life. So do you think, because my you know, moving into this phase that, you know, it's a very clear ending, beginning, it's a transition Mm -hmm. that has, you know, that I've really, uh, my boyfriend's Buddhist and he says, just cradle it, just cradle it when things are big in your life. So I've really sort of just sat with it and really observed it and, and watched this new phase sort of unfold in my life and now I'm really happy like it's a great, yeah, great beginning of my right? life but do you think that when you're talking about the big five stages of retirement that the other stages are that clear cut as this one has been for me or is it case by case for each individual um, I think every person is different right the, and the way you you cope with change in each instance is very, very different. I've interviewed and spoken to loads and loads of people, both writing the book and for a decade before. Mm. And some people think about the transitions long before they get there and they've already got actions in place that create almost like little test periods for themselves where they've experimented on the way towards a journey. And therefore the change doesn't feel as abrupt for them. For other people, there's something called relevance deprivation syndrome that hits about three months after they leave the workforce. I've written that down. <laughs> I think that is so fun. I was going to ask you about that, actually, because, um, yeah, I think I felt that. Yeah, it's a very real problem, right? And and it, it actually, was brought, that term was brought to me by 
somebody who wrote a section for the book out of his own experience of leaving a really big job and just and he was a big financial planner in the industry and he knew that he'd coached so many people through particularly men through relevant deprivations you know but now that we've got career women everywhere mm. they're also suffering it right when you've been on that adrenaline wheel for so long and you get off and you go and and it's in my newsletter this week it, you are actually a human doing for your whole career right not a human being you are a human doing and then all of a sudden you get towards retirement and you don't have to work to put the money for your income into a bank account necessarily anymore every month. You actually just get to be who you want to be. Mm. And you can then choose if you want to do a bit of work to supplement your income or just for the enjoyment because you can live off a combination of drawing from your super, drawing a pension, drawing from other sources of income that you might have and then supplementing that work in. And that whole concept is not something we're introduced to. We're introduced to working, 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 and, and the race to make more, mm. right, as, as human doers. Mm. Uh, Rather than just be, being. Of, yeah, and who are you when you're just being? Mm. I'm not sure many of us have given that much thought until our kids leave home and we go, actually, you know, do I go harder at work again or do I figure out what I actually want to do as a hobby or a leisure activity and do more of that. And mm. and it all depends on your financial circumstances, obviously, as to how much freedom you have there. I meditate every day. So I'm, yeah, I, I nice. love it for about an hour a day at least. And so I, you know, the whole concept of being is, you know, mm. and this is, a, I loved your book because, you know, there are so many, well, weaved throughout, you know, where you ask questions of the reader to consider who they are without work or yeah, without who the they are in the next yes, yeah them. yeah and and just to be what do you want to do and uh in fact you go into a epic pursuit chapter where oh, yeah. you've got a wonderful list of epic pursuits and I know really successful elders I guess are people who are interested in the world and interesting. They mm. maintain an active life. Um, they're healthy because they are maintaining an active life probably. Mm. Um, but you've got a whole list of things from, you know, Tai Chi, reading, tennis, camping and caravanning, uh, bowls, photography, mahjong. My mum plays mahjong a couple of times <laughs> a week and does line dancing and does volunteering and, does, you know, so... Yeah. But the, and the key to epic your pursuits, time. yeah. Mm. Well, the key to epic pursuits are actually going beyond a hobby. You probably need three to four epic pursuits by the time you properly click yourself into retirement, or else you find yourself a bit lost over there if you're not working. And, and for some people, work is still or, or charitable activities become a pursuit. Mm. Um, but but for most of us who work pretty solidly, and and even when I slowed down a bit this year, I had to, you know, find a few extra hobbies and things that I enjoyed doing, which was a little foreign. Mm. And when you go through that and you look for what do you enjoy when you've had kids for 20 years, you enjoy, you, you learn to grit your teeth and enjoy making lunches mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and driving them around. And you don't think of yourself for a long time. And this is from this age, we start to put ourselves back in the picture and go, a pursuit is something you're willing to invest in the development of your knowledge in. So you might want to become a golfer, right? It's a bit stereotypical, but you then invest in lessons and you invest in being a part of a club and you will buy better clubs and you will keep investing in it because you want to keep getting better and better at it. Mm -hmm. You can take it across almost any activity that you do. 
where you keep developing. And I think the key is that that perpetual learning is very good for aging, right? Mm. And we're we're not going to be old at 50 or 60 doing this. We're actually pretty young. It's just that we forget to stop investing in ourselves. Mm. We Mm. stop investing in ourselves in midlife when we're busy. And we need to go back and go, actually, my happiness comes from curiosity, continuing to learn and continuing to go and be a part of communities that I really enjoy the tribes in. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so what have you just incorporated into your life? Yeah. So, so I took up rose gardening about a year ago and my roses are phenomenal. And then a possum came through about a month ago and ate them all. And so I've had to regenerate them all from nothing. So I take a great amount of pride. Anyone that follows me on Instagram will see my roses coming up every third post because every beautiful rose that I bloom uh, is is still a sense of very early achievement for me. Well, I have (laughs) so many photos of roses because my other half, Uh, does rose gardening as well. And I have learned more about roses in the last couple of years than I ever knew about them. You know, could probably chat to you about them. I've become become wonderfully curious and I Google and I follow and I, you know, and I think that's that's the key is you've got to be interested enough to go find answers. Mm. Um, I've also become incredibly curious about longevity. I'm fascinated. This, Mm. This whole project has led me down the science path, I read everything I can get on the science of aging and how we can start to prevent the downhill run of aging simply by doing, and and it's covered a lot of it in the book. And and the thing is, it's going to keep changing. It's going to be very interesting to watch the science as it rolls out on how we can prevent physical decline, how we can improve our cognitive health and maintain our cognitive health, how we can really slow the cellular damage that, that really does lead to everything falling apart as you get to that next stage. And if you want to travel all your life, like I do, and you want to be an active part, then you really want to understand your health better Mm. um, in a very modern way now. As you say, it's, uh, it can be a hobby in itself Mm. or an activity. I think it can be. You know, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now you, you talk about all of these interests, epic interests as a way of finding a tribe and uh, and meeting you know community and one of the things that you uh, write about in the book is that you write about people and social interactions being at the core of an Mm. epic retirement absolutely and the harvard study of adult development is the longest running study of people and what what makes them live long 
in life. It's a, a study of several hundred people for a hundred years that started with a group of men coming through Harvard and a group of uh, people in America that were from a lower socio-demographic and they compared them and watched how they evolved over the period. And then they started to include their children and their partners as those people. And there's only about eight people left that were alive when the study started now. So they've been able to watch them for an entire lifespan. And these were, as you would expect from Harvard, very successful career experienced people, some of them, and comparing both types of people, comparing all of the success, the monetary success, the career success did not make them happier. They really did prove that if you were in a loving relationship and you had a good relationship with your family, that you lived longer mm. in almost every case. Uh, and that those things are, and that you had a good tribe of real, authentic, honest friendships around you that you valued and treasured and treated well, mm. that you got more out of life, right? And I think that's something that we can all learn from and not let ourselves become individually isolated as we get. And I think it happens in midlife as much as it does as we get older. I, I actually think work can be a very isolating thing because we get a lot of social contact from work, but we don't always make the effort to build those social connections outside work until we stop. Yes, it's not necessarily uh-huh. the tribe that we're going to grow old with. Another well, study, you don't. Yeah, another study that you talk about, which sort of ties into this, is the U-curve of happiness. And I'd never oh. heard of this before. Love it. Uh, about 15 years ago, scientists studied more than 500,000 people and made a discovery that in most Western societies, our happiness is not just one big lifelong decline that worsens as we age. Instead, they found that happiness over our lifetime can be graphed into a U-shape. So we're happy in our 20s, 30s before, I love this, before falling to an all-time low at around the age of 47.5. So today is my 47.5 birthday. Well, it's all uphill (laughs) from here. And do you know, I could actually look back at 47.5 and go, yeah, that was not great. Actually, it was a bit of a struggle. Now I'm really content. So it has been this upward U curve. You know, talk to me more about that. So it's a really fascinating set of research. If you, you know, and as I said, I am at my 47.5 birthday today, right? It is exactly the day of that. So I've been super aware of that curve in my life because the journeys you go on and and it's not about whether you're at the top of your career. You can be at the top of your career, but at a low in your emotional set. Mm. And I think the research talks very much to the fact that we climb up our life we climb up a list of expectations of us of our community that are laid on us in early life. So it's quite easy to outperform the expectations of the community around us. We can have a promotion. We feel great. We buy a house. We feel great. We do this. We feel great. They're all climbing up the things we're expected to do. But then we have these kids. They're great. Then they go through this phase where they have all their growing challenges and life becomes tangled in money problems and real life problems and careers change and you realize you don't love what you do and you change careers and then it doesn't work and then you go back to the drawing board again and I think that's the messy middle part of life isn't something we all talk about very much because people are so busy putting pretty on their social media Mm. right but the messy middle is real and we're all living real lives and you get to this point where you actually are still living it and you're living it quite well, but you realise that that's not what it's all about. It's not all about the climb. There's nowhere else to climb at 47. 
Mm. right? You've actually got to adapt your view. And they say that people become more socially aware, more community aware, more empathetic to the Mm. world at around that point in life. And they start to take that second look at themselves and go, am I a person I want to be? Or am I a person I was meant to be according to the hierarchical tick box of life? And did I achieve all those things? Yes, excellent, wonderful. But am I happy? And I think that's, it's often where the midlife crisis is born from. It, It doesn't always happen at 47 and a half. It happens anywhere in this range of of years in the middle. But what the good news is, is as you settle in your expectations of self and you start to redefine yourself through this phase, people get happier. They get happier with their lot in life, especially if they embrace their communities, they embrace their values, they embrace their whys that they really feel and stop looking over the neighbor's fence, I think is is pretty fundamental. that U-curve of happiness really, you know, it does tie into what you say about, you know, people and social interactions being at the core of, of yeah, your epic retirement. The, the science is is absolutely, I, I, I scoured the world for whys of all mm. of these things. I, I didn't want to just write a book. I wanted to write a book that that was backed up deeply by science, that was modern, that was delivering delivering real knowledge that people couldn't get somewhere else. And it was important to find scientific awareness of this stuff. You definitely have, uh, and you've achieved that. You've put in a lot of studies into the book. You've put in a lot of case studies of people. And real I found interviews. <laughs> them really interesting and often inspiring. And there's big sections of the book covering everything, you know, money, housing, health, some uh, sections on winding up aspects of your life and, of course, travel. For anyone who's listening today and going, apart from going out and buying your book, which I think is essential, what would you say would be the first thing to just sit and consider as you're starting to prepare? Well, it depends how old you are, right? Because the first thing you've got to do is is honestly, the earlier you get to your finances, the better you will be. Because there's simply some rules of thumb around money that time is the biggest leverage point. So if you're 40 today or 50 today and you don't think you'll retire until you're 67 or 65 or 70 or even 60, every 10 years you can get your superannuation to have more in it for, it will double in value is the basic maths of it, right? So if you have $100,000 today and you've got 10 years before you retire, without putting any more in it, if you've invested it correctly and reviewed how you've invested it, you can probably get it to be 200,000 pretty passively. If you can then put $25,000 a year into it, the compound investment can be the most powerful part of support structure for your retirement, right? So get on the money, right? That's the first thing. And then it's a long-term thing, right? That that part of it. So don't change it all the time. Don't look at it all the time. Just make sure you're on the right strategy. Then look to the rest of your life and start to decide who you want to be and start to adjust your life and try things out. Mm. Because even, even at our age, I know I want to have a life where I am flexible and able to travel I know I want to be able to work on different projects and have variety in life. So that that will help me gear the next 10 years of my career in a, in a different direction to being a corporate employee of a big company. Mm. And I will develop different skills in myself. I will focus on the flexibility of the things I do and I will look for ways to have longer travel holidays 
if I can manage in one time of the year each year, right? And you can ask your employer if you work in a corporate to bank up your holidays and salary sacrifice and Mm. you can ask them to take three months holiday in a year there. Actually, I've interviewed a lady in the book who did that just recently. She's just come back um, from her holidays that we talked about in the book and that's a very um, good the stories idea. are fabulous, right? <laughs> she she banked yeah. up and, and salary sacrificed and she's still working, which means you can put some money back into the pot and keep spending it on the next holiday, right? So you don't have to retire fully. You can actually try out this kind of part-time or even not quite retired life mm. while you're still working and see if it fits. You're inspiring. I need you as my life coach, but in the meantime, <laughs> I have your book. So how to have an epic retirement Beck Wilson, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.